Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And we're talking about music again. How original and creative we are. It feels like we've just been talking about music for like... This is 62, I think? Episode 62? Man, it's gonna be crazy when we get to 100. It'll it'll be soon. Sooner than we think. I mean, I guess we're about halfway through. But yeah. Look at 62% of the way there. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. This week we listened to uh, an album called Razzmatazz by the artist. I don't know how, but they found me. And I learned some things about the the band. And Joey learned some things about the band and the music. I did. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna fucking talk about it. Uh, I picked this album. I don't really know why I picked this album. Last last week we did uh, "You're Dead" by Flying yeah. Lotus, and there's not really like a musical connection. I mean, I guess there's there's some vague through line. I guess you can connect. Yeah, if you can, the, the funk and, and there are drums on both. <laughs> there are drums. There are bass. There are bass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Just fucking curveball. Uh, I mentioned this was one of my honorable mentions of 2020s uh, best, in my opinion. So uh, it's been on our list, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna do it." Because I couldn't I couldn't think of anything better. So that's that's why we're here. Uh, I, I don't have anything else to fucking say. We're we're gonna get my mind. Sorry, my mind's a bit scattered because Joey had the audacity to rec- to send a video, <laughs> an album to me before. And I guess I'm just gonna talk about it to get it out of the way. Yeah. To fucking look up uh, anyone who's listening, Chipmunks on 16 speed sludge fest. <laughs> This dude fucking took some like old uh, Chipmunks recordings and, and played them on like a 16 speed record player, and boy is it something! <laughs> it's something great. It fucking it it'll uh, I can't I don't even know, know how to describe what happened to me. But that's why my brain's all frazzled. I wish Joey would just fucking leave me alone and we could get somewhere with this. Well, you know what? If we started talking about track one, maybe I could leave you alone. And you know what track one is called? It's called Leave Me Alone. <laughs> hey, we're in it, boys. How do you how do you feel about this, Joey? You know, I don't know what I was expecting, but honestly, this it isn't what this. I was expecting. <laughs> it wasn't this, yeah. but I like it more than I thought I would have liked. Like, I kind of, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like a rock type thing sure and it wasn't and i i like this more than i think i would have liked a rock type thing um it starts off it's kind of like 80s synthy ish the intro reminds me of fame like the song by david bowie Bowie kind of yeah and i don't i guess that's what they're going for because they do it pretty well i mean not like they're trying to sound like david bowie but like that era i guess or that type of music um, Which is interesting because I, I think we've talked briefly, and this might derail this entire episode already. <laughs> I think we talked briefly about how neither one of us really like '80s music. I think, yeah, yeah. But there are exceptions, and I think this sound specifically is kind of an exception for like this album because, like, I like the Cars, and that that's a band that I kind of relate with. Uh, I don't know how. It's short for I don't know how, but they found me because I'm not going to fucking say that every every time they, they shorten it even further to say IDK how. But, but it's uh, the yeah. same syllables, so it I is. Mean. So I don't, I don't know how they justify it. So <laughs> 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 yeah, so it, it's definitely very '80s vibe. So I was kind of like curious to see if you would hate it because it's it's very like in that style of music. So I'm glad that you don't hate it. See, I think I've made my own musical journey. I used to hate '80s music. Not, I guess, not hates a strong word. I liked like some '80s thrash metal type stuff. I sure. liked some music from the 80s but for the most part it was like out of the last hundred years of music it was my least favorite decade i guess i think that still holds up for me (laughs) yeah i guess that yeah that that probably hasn't changed but i like a lot more like i feel like i got into it through like vaporwave and stuff and that kind of put me into like the synthier new wave type stuff from the 80s and from there it's kind of branched out i still fucking can't i can't deal with hair metal or anything <laughs> but <laughs> what, what about like like wham and like very 80s pop like uh, culture club and stuff like that you know a culture club i i can do like musically is fine but something about boy george's like singing <laughs> style i can't yeah. do but like duran duran and stuff and even yeah. wham like I, I i can dig it i like okay. it okay but uh you so know I, I didn't mean to derail no you continue you're uh... 
it's stuff that's probably going to come up generally in the rest of this album. So it, it, it lays a nice groundwork, I guess. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's got like, it gets pretty funky. Like in around the chorus, it kind of like picks up with this nice funk groove, like gets away from like the fame-ish melody. But then like in the bridge, it kind of gets, I don't know, pulled back. I like it whenever kind of the instruments fall back. And uh, the dude, Dallin... Uh, that's his name, right? Dallin? Yeah, Dallin okay. Weeks. Weeks, okay. Uh, I really like the way that he sings. I don't know how it's pronounced, but yeah. I'd say Weeks. That's that's It's W-E-E-K-E-S, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. yeah. That's probably Weeks. But he's got like a really 80s style of singing. Kind of like his voice is really good, but the way he sings reminds me of like the Talking Heads or something. It's kind of like yeah. eccentric, I guess, in, in that style. 80s sort of way 80s pop synth pop type type of way but uh there's a synth solo at the end and that's pretty fucking cool i'm all about that so (laughs) you know generally i dig the music so far cool that's not ominous at all (laughs) i feel like i feel like we're just gonna go downhill from here but yeah it's it's very like 80s like like you said i'm I'm not gonna keep repeating what you said i kind of liken his vocals to getty lee at oh times, my God. it's more mm-hmm. so in there's one specific song that stands out as like completely yep. Getty Lee. Yeah, there is. But, but just hints of it sprinkled in there here and there. We're both fans of Getty Lee. Presumably. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen Rush four times. So I've seen Rush live four times, have shirts from every concert. So so yeah, we, that's kind of where my mind went for, for his vocals. But I can totally see like a Duran Duran. Just, it, it's very strange, but in a like kind of 80s synth normal strange way i suppose which yeah. also applies to the music at points in this album so i think that, that kind of sums up the the entire album so i guess we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're done right here cut it boom except we'll, we'll skip to the getty lee song then cut it <laughs> <laughs> yes the getty lee song is the alternative <laughs> title for this song. but yeah oh, lyrically shit. uh so this is interesting i didn't uh know this about I don't know how until today when I was getting my notes together because I'm a procrastinator. Hmm. But uh, he was apparently the bassist and keyboardist and songwriter for two of the Panic! at the Disco albums before he left the band. Uh, The song is apparently about a security or bodyguard for uh, Panic! at the Disco in which Dallin was, as I said, the bassist and songwriter for. Uh, but apparently the guy was a creep and he was harassing Dallin's wife for years, but they didn't want to say anything about it because Dallin needed the job. And that's kind of where like he, he sings the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't. And he's kind of like talking about not really liking this person, but having to kind of go along with it because he didn't really have another option, uh, which is fucked up. But yeah. I, I'm glad he left Panic of the Disco because I'm, I'm not a huge Panic of the Disco fan. And oh, come on. I, I feel like this is he, he was the good. And he, he left Panic Disc. I I haven't listened to most of Panic out of the Disco's music, yeah. to be clear, but I just it's it doesn't seem interesting to me. I'm not super huge on Panic at the Disco, not to turn this into that discussion, but Brendan Urie as a as a vocalist is sure. uh, he is a very talented guy. Yes, he, he is. And uh he came out with a metal at least song <laughs> where he did like yeah. screaming and stuff in it. And I feel like I like that more than I liked uh Panic at the Disco. But I agree. He also you know, he provided vocals on a a song by what's that band called? I can't think of it. I can't think. I'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah, I'll, he, I'll think of it. He also did a song with Taylor Swift, so you know. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but so I didn't look into the specifics of this song. I've been trying to not do that, at least on albums that I suggest. I've been trying to come into it with like completely fresh eyes, rather than just be like, I don't know. Not like if I don't have any sort of prior knowledge to it, right. I don't want it to the, the genius articles as informed as they are. I don't want them to, I Soil. guess. Inf- yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got kind of, I guess what would be the general vibe of that. It's like talking about dealing with some self-important person who just take, like tries to take what they want. It's like, I kind of likened it to maybe the music industry or the people that will just use other people for their own personal benefit or gain. And yeah. it sounds like the guy that they're talking about was probably that kind of guy. So <laughs> I, I think there's there's a connection there. Yeah, and I think that like a lot of this album talks about stuff like that. So I don't think that's a far stretch or a stretch at all, really. But 
I, I think narrowing that lens to a very specific case where this one specific dude was being a creep to to his wife is kind of kind of where the song was rooted in, I guess, yeah. for him. But, fuck that guy, though. Yeah, fuck that guy. Also, the the, the band I was trying to think of was Every Time I Die. Brian Harry oh. did vocals for one of their songs as well. Cool. I remember them from Guitar Hero. So, yeah, they're pretty. That album's pretty good. Check out Low Teens by Every Time I Die. Maybe we'll do it on the podcast. <laughs> but, but check that. Check that album out. It's a side wreck. Yeah, and you know everybody who likes uh, Every Time I Die. You know they got mad IQs, dude. Like super <laughs> fucking smart. The smartest, just like Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, dude. You got to have a like at least a two hundred IQ to understand both that album and Rick and Morty. Yeah, and the segue that we've made into track number two, Mad IQs. Boom! <laughs> crushing it tonight. Hell yeah. But yeah, this one's got some uh, some simple beeps and boops. That, that I mean, it's very much like setting up a cliche mad scientist lab in my mind mm-hmm. with a lot of the sound effects. And, and I mean, the song was called Mad IQs, so maybe I was already thinking of like an insane smart person kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, the, the chorus has a good change and a good groove to it. It's got mostly, 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 mostly <laughs> a synth lead, but there's also some guitar and some bass. It's mostly used for textures. I think as a common theme throughout a lot of these tracks is that like it's pretty synth driven, but there's also guitar and bass, and sometimes the bass is more prominent than others. But like for the most part, it's it's kind of a synth rock kind of a thing. I think his vocals perfectly fit this bill of a mad scientist kind of thing because as you mentioned it's, it's kind of weird it's kind of like 80s poppy in in some ways but yeah i think it fits perfectly and then there's a distorted and and like kind of affected guitar tone that comes in at some point it's pretty cool and it kind of like comes in and then it goes and it's not like the focus or anything but just kind of shows up for a little bit and it's it's a fun fun little musical edition yeah i like this song uh the the opening drum beat it sounds like it would be like it comes in and it sounds like a preset on like an old Casio or something. Yeah. And I just like kind of that feel. It feels very nice and homey. And this is actually the song where I likened his voice to the Talking Heads just because it was like he he's a better singer than the guy from the Talking Heads, I think. <laughs> I mean, if you're going by I I guess it depends on what your metric for a good singer is, sure. but he's a better like classically good singer but he's got that yeah he's very clean very smooth he's got that kind of eccentric waveringness about it i guess is what i was comparing there but uh yeah i just like the the synth pop synth rock sound that they have here i know i said uh i like the sound so far I, I'm. I was just fucking with you. I like. I like. <laughs> I like it. It's just good. I just like it. It's uh. This one. It in general. I feel like it doesn't get as big, but it does keep like that mad scientist sound. I guess that you were talking yeah. about. Uh, and I, I really like the bass line on this song. I know it's not an actual. I don't think it's an actual bass. Maybe it is, but it's uh just nice and groovy. I don't know. I think it's, it's probably an actual. I mean, he played bass for Pet the Disco, so you know I would that's a very that good. He wants to keep an actual bass in his music. That's a very good point. He was a bassist, and I mean, was he still is a bassist? That's true for this band now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of which there are only two members. So that's well, that's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, uh, the lyrics on this one, I kind of got more about like shady people in like big media businesses, like Hollywood, maybe or the music industry. And about how everyone seems to be thinking they're kind of like the biggest and the smartest out there. And they'll turn on a dime to fuck you over if it like benefits them. Kind of like yeah. the people, kind of a, a continuation, but maybe a more general sense of what he was talking about and leave me alone. For sure. It, it definitely kind of like, it, it seems to be about a lot of like executives in the music industry uh, uh, that don't really give a shit about the artists or, or the audience or the music. They just want their paycheck kind of a thing and if you can't get that to them then they'll just replace you with somebody that can and just just build a new i think he uses robots to kind of draw i guess simile to like manufacturing a sound kind of a thing where if you don't do what they want well they'll just bring in somebody new that that wants the fame and fortune and and create build around them i guess and make them whatever people want so that they can make their their paycheck from it god damn it is fucked up but yeah. it's a scheme that dallin i think it, it's a common theme throughout this album is that dallin's kind of reluctantly going with it because he kind of has to right he doesn't he can't topple 
the corruption that is the music industry. So he kind of just has to suck it up and go with it as a, as a quote unquote voluntary victim that he says in the song to just get yeah. what he wants out of it. In some way. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would explain like not to harken back to something that uh, was probably extremely awful to go through. But like, if you were talking about kind of how they just kind of went with his wife getting harassed in the last, like right. by that guy, just because it's like, well, shit, I'm in, I'm in panic at the disco. That's a fucking huge band. And yeah. I, if I want to have a music career, I kind of need to keep this. And I mean, I like actresses go through it all the time. Actors go through people all yeah. over the media industry, go through that. And it's just like such a shitty situation to be in, but it, it is. And if he doesn't go along with it, then he's going to fucking wind up leading some other band and he's going to be opening for someone like panic. The disco and not really like making it as big as he yeah. had with panic. The disco. Cause you know, nobody likes the opening band. Fucking nobody. nobody fucking nobody likes them no <laughs> nobody's there for them except for their moms and dads yeah. but uh i don't know we're getting off track let's talk about number three nobody likes the opening band <laughs> <laughs> you thought we were off track but we weren't or you didn't think that because you knew it was coming because you yeah. listened to this album well th- i mean thank you if you did that that'd be really fucking cool or i guess maybe you just already know this album that's that's and true. that's why you're watching this well, may- maybe you or have list- the track list pulled up and you're you're going through it to to yell at us saying no you got it wrong, maybe reading the lyrics you know. Yeah, I don't fucking know, man. Track number three, nobody likes the opening band. <laughs> this one, uh, it starts off with like, I, I wrote Rocky pianos, and every time I read like Rocky, I write Rocky all the time, and I'm like, <laughs> why the fuck are there rocks? But it's like it's like it sounds like a rock piano, I guess. Like sure, kind of like that, and it. it Almost reminded me of like Black Parade era My Chemical Romance. I could see or that. something. Uh or even Panic at the Disco. This is where oh, I, I I made a comparison to Panic at the Disco and then found out that he was in Panic at the Disco. Yeah. So no disrespect, Mr. Dallin, sir. But you know, Mr. Dallin, sir, is his full name. I mean, I guess if he was a songwriter for Panic at the Disco, that would explain it. Yeah. But it makes yeah. sense. Uh it's really just the piano and him singing here and i mean he's got a nice voice it's got a nice melody it's like if i knew the words i would sing along to it if if i knew the words well enough to sing along to it i would i guess yeah it's actually the first song that i heard by uh i don't know how they found me and boy was i kind of in for a weird awakening (laughs) none of their music sounded like this but it's it's a good find i mean this this track's banging i I love this track because it's kind of it's humorous and it's it's got a nice sound to it and I also like the sound of the rest of the album, so it's not not yeah. a bad thing. But lyrically, it's it's just kind of a quick, funny song about showing up and supporting opening bands because nobody likes them, but they're still there and they're still trying to make it happen and need way more support than the main acts do at that point. So fucking go support local musicians and opening bands. Yeah, some of them are cool. So, some of them, not all of them. I mean, nobody likes them for a reason. But yeah, but it's they're, they're working on it. You know, they're getting somewhere. I guess don't discount them just because you didn't show up to see them. Appreciate yeah. them as additional music to the reason you showed up to the concert rather yeah, they're, than... They're there to, to get you in the mood for music, you know? Yeah. Let, let them do that. I mean, although there have been quite a few opening bands where I was like, <laughs> meh. <laughs> yeah, but, no, for sure. I mean, I guess it depends on kind of like... If you're at, I mean, I guess it's different for like a big festival kind of thing, right? Yeah. Versus like a, a more private intimate. And even then, like a lot of, I fucking went and saw a wall nation and, uh, who's that opener. They had four, he had four opening bands. Why? For, for like, it was a, it was a single concert. Like he was doing a tour. He had four opening bands. I don't even remember most of them, but how long one, did they play for? They played for a while. The, the concert started fairly early. I think because they had fucking four bands. They each played for like half an hour or something, but, but yeah, one band, which I guess I'll add to the list, uh, stood out to me as, as great. The other three, I don't really remember. So I guess that's that. But again, you shouldn't, you don't, don't just, don't just shit on them. Yeah. They're trying, they're trying to make a sound. They're trying to make music. They're trying, they're trying to make a, a career out of it. Yeah. Some sort of new invention some in their sound. Of... <laughs> I like it. Track number four, <laughs> new invention. You caught me off guard with it. And yeah. I didn't have anything clever to say about it. It's just, we're here now. It's actually track number five. 
Small yeah. side note, uh, the physical edition of the album has two additional songs, but neither of us have the physical edition, so we did not uh, listen to them or put notes yeah. on them. We consume media digitally now because <laughs> it's 2021. And it's true. <laughs> we're, we're becoming robots. The, we are. The, the cell phone, the internet, it's all just getting us ready for our cybernetic implants. Dude, because I can't wait. Our, our phones are literally just external hard drives for what are going to be computer people. Like I, I can't wait for that to happen, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, ready for it. It's gonna be nice. Then, then I can just do whatever the future the soon. Do it. It's gonna be the future soon. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Colton reference. Go listen to Jonathan Colton, everyone. Third recommendation of the night. Hell yeah! And then throw in Metalocalypse because <laughs> we have <laughs> track number four is New Invention. Uh, this one's got a real fucking groovy baseline yeah. on it. It's got some sp- synth splashed in for some some kind of texture and atmosphere. I really, really like the sound of the bass and the chorus. It's very like distorted and dirty. And his vocals on this one, getting a bit more close to the, the song, the Getty Lee song, it sounds <laughs> a, a, even on this track, it sounds a bit like Getty Lee. And, and the melody he sings is, is fantastic. The sound of the song in general, I kind of relate to the cars, which I mentioned earlier. And the song is kind of like exemplifying that sound. And I, I'm a big fan of the cars. So yeah, for sure. win for me. This one is a definite win for me. I think this one, at, at least on f- first and second listen, I'd say this is my favorite on the tr- on the album so far. Right. Out of like the first four tracks. Uh, it's got like some nice kind of, I don't know, like is it kind of sounds like a bell or like a, wa- like a wavy synth. And when I say wavy, I mean of the general wave genre. Right. Not like it sounds like a wave. You're talking about the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's got a nice like bouncy sound there, and then whenever the bass comes in, it starts to sound a little mysterious, almost. Yeah. Very cool and, sounds. Yeah, it's super cool, and then the chorus gets yeah, it gets big. The song is a definite vibe, very synthy, <laughs> very new wave, and it just has a like it has that style where like people are bringing back that eight that eighty sound and putting yeah. new spins on it, and that's the stuff that I like. Some new invention of their own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lyrically, this is not a very new invention on this album, I think. I feel like it's <laughs> another track about how Dallin feels about the music industry, but specifically, like, you know, executives saying what he can and cannot do and what he can't say and, and stuff like that, where he, he feels like he's being created by the industry instead of being genuine and human. And that's kind of like weighing on him and keeping him up at night. So that's what I got out of it. Yeah, I got out of it essentially the same thing, but also like. I guess additions of like manipulation or gaslighting of by the executives who are like trying to get you to not accept your like change how you view your own reality in a way, or maybe it could even be about a relationship where that's happening. But just given the themes on this album, it kind of seems like it could be about an executive out there just kind of trying to get him to, I guess placate him or make him think like, nah, that's not happening. Like you want to be doing this for us or you want to be whatever. I don't right. know. You, 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 you want the money, you want the fame. Like you're going to have to make these small changes, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's your choice. I'm just saying, if you want to make money, if you want to continue your career, <laughs> yeah. in the music industry, you got to make these changes, but it's your choice, <laughs> but it's totally your choice. Totally but, your uh, choice. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. It's, fucked up i think i'd rather be hung from the gallows than fucking given to that shit yeah and i think i would rather listen to track number five titled from the gallows than than, than be hung from the gallows yeah because i sure would as well dude this one so <laughs> i had a i had a journey listening to this song yeah. because it starts off out with like a wonky old timey feeling piano and it like like it would be a song from like the 40s or something and it's like it sounds like it's coming from like a quartet and it's like i here's just where my notes are going and it's like it's definitely a sound i like and i know jeremy likes and it of course has some updated sounds to it like the artificially aged piano the electric guitar all that and then whenever the robot voice came in, I was like, oh my god, this is the Ink Spots. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, so the Ink Spots are a band. I mean, they're like a quartet band. Like guy, like four guys on a guitar is like, I guess the... I don't think that was their moniker. I think that was uh, 
the Mills brothers, but it was like they're, they're kind of in that same style. Yeah. Like the quartet with the guitar and they're all singing the harmony and everything. But so they have a style where they sing like a verse, a chorus, a verse, and then their bass singer, like Hoppy Jones is who I think their most prominent bass singer was. He would talk the lyrics and that's yeah. kind of how this song is set up it's like he <laughs> sings the verse the chorus the verse and then this robot voice comes in and talks the next verse and i was just like oh my fucking god and then i look <laughs> it up and he's like he straight up said he's like yeah i fucking love the ink spots so i wanted to make oh, a song like them yeah <laughs> I, I didn't look that far but i definitely got the ink spots vibe because it's such a staple for them yeah to, to structure their songs like that and and like you said having that kind of spoken word reinterpretation of, of the main verse or whatever it's, it's it's cool and they but they delivered it with instead of another vocalist just like a computer voice speaking instead which is very like it's it's a new invention <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's an updated like i mean it's a 2020 album right and it's, it's kind of like reinterpreting that and doing it in a clever way that fits the theme of the album because a lot of it is very sensitive and like we've, we've mentioned so it's just kind of a, a fun way to tie in kind of that old classical sound with the a more modern kind of take on it which is it's fun there's even a trumpet solo in the song hell yeah there is pretty cool oh my god it like it's just so cool that i mean so the 40s if we're talking like early ish ink spots it's like late 30s 40s yeah but like music that was made 80 years ago still has such a big impact on people currently it's just awesome to think about yeah, they, who doesn't like the ink spots man yeah if you don't like the ink spots what are you doing with fourth your life? recommendation of the night go listen to the ink spots <laughs> hell yeah listen to the ink spots listen to the mills brothers listen to the penguins the penguins the, pl- the yeah. platters the platters that's who i was trying to think of i was literally singing uh shit i can't think of the name of the song uh <laughs> But the, you know the what? Tender is that? Is that the platters? That is the, the platters. The great, the great and also, movie. smoke gets in your eyes. Yeah. And ah, uh, <laughs> was girl, you smell so sweet. You know that you could be a flower. What's that song? What's know. that? I, I don't know what that song is. But yeah, listen, listen to listen to all those people because it's fucking great. Yeah, that, but, that whole style of music's just it's it's so good. It's the best. And of course, uh, Mr. Dallin Weeks loves it. But. uh you know, we we've I don't know talked the fangirled over fucking this type of music so much lyrically. <laughs> the song is I don't. It's kind of like it seems like a dark love song about yeah. like at least one person in this relationship is obsessive to the point of being a danger to themselves and the right. other person. I don't know if it's like a written from the point of view of that obsessive person or just generally talking about a story that's happening. But it's yeah. yeah he, it's, he says he says that he would literally like he, just of the songs that he would literally hang himself. It would make if it would make his partner happy, kind of a thing. Which is, yeah, it's, it's extreme. It's but, extreme. I mean, it could be hyperbole. Right? It's, it's songwriting. He's writing a love song. You know. I hope it's hyperbole. I hope it's hyperbole too. I mean, I don't. I, again, like you were kind of hinting at, I don't think it's specifically written about him or his like him being literally in love with his wife that much i mean great if you're in love with your wife but don't don't hang yourself if yeah if you just because you think it'll make them happier yeah i would definitely recommend being in love with your wife would not recommend being so in love with her that you would kill yourself (laughs) exactly and if you feel that way maybe you just need to come on come on down to to where we live joey and i will round up some friends and we'll give you a big old cluster hug Hell yeah, it'll be a big old cluster hug of a time, you know? Track number six, cluster hug, because there's no other reason I would have said the word cluster hug. Yeah, well, I mean, you did what you could with the material, so I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate your appreciation for, for my work. Well, thanks. I appreciate the nice fuzzy bass that starts the song off. It's Hell really yeah. nice. It's And then it's got like those high and bright synths over it. it you know, it feels kind of like a happy song, like, but like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a bittersweet sound, but part, it feels happy to me. And it yeah. made me think of Passion Pit, which is why I was talking about them so much earlier. Interesting. So, you know, look out for some <laughs> sort of future. We might listen to Passion Pit sometime yeah. in the future. Hopefully soon. Cause... Hopefully soon. 
I'm, you know, I'm chomping at the bit. I don't know why I'm saying hopefully. I I make the decisions on that part because I'm the one who's already listened to Passion Pit. So That's true. See, but yeah, it, you get to decide when we do that. It's got a nice, uh, nice pop rocky sound that's going on, like a summery sound. At least I equate it. Yeah, to th- this summer. is the the one that I noted that was like it's the most pop sounding. Yeah, of all of the songs on this album, and apparently it was written for Panic at the Disco. So that's when my mind was like, oh yeah, shit, this is this guy who was in panic at the disco <laughs> for the first time uh so so take take that to me what you will i'm not a big panic at the disco fan from what i've heard i don't hate the song but it it's my least favorite song i think on the album i'll say that yeah much. all i've ever heard is uh well you know what that doesn't uh bode well for passion pit but i think i think <laughs> i think given the other like what you've said about yeah, other songs, I, i've heard other passion pit songs yeah. and i've been into them so okay well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what about this song specifically ropes me the wrong way, but I think Passion Pit's clear of it. Yeah, the only I hope, I hope Passion Pit's clear of it. <laughs> the the only uh, Panic at the Disco song I've ever heard of was that. Uh, Haven't you people ever heard? Yeah, um, I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah, because the name of the song. song, the one that was really big, and then I was like, yeah. are are these guys like Fallout Boy? And then I thought they well, were like, yeah. The same so band. that's we're we're going on a side tangent here. Uh, fucking, they sound modern. Panic of the Disco, which is actually post uh, Dallin leaving, is what I've heard more of. Like, obviously, I've heard I write since not tragedies, but they're they're newer shit. They the that big pop single High Hopes. Yeah, I'm gonna have <laughs> I fucking hate that song. Oh and it was God. it was everywhere. It was huge, and that's why I have such disdain for Panic at the Disco because that song to me sounds exactly like Fallout Boy's new music. And I fucking hate that. So it's it's just those those bands. I don't know if they went downhill. I can't say because I didn't listen to their old music, but they sound very similar to the point where it's hard to distinguish them without like being super familiar with them. And I agree. I, I hate it. I agree that they at least what I had heard. I haven't. I mean, I've heard high hopes. Obviously, you can't not hear it. But <laughs> yeah, like uh, I do think they sound similar. I'm sure they got together one day and. You know, uh, they were like, sugar, we're going down together. And they just kind of, because uh-huh. sugar, we're going down. You know, that's uh-huh. Fallout Boy. I actually like but, that Fallout Boy song. Yeah. So I don't mind know. old Fallout Boy, so it's it's fine. Well, maybe we'll do an old Fallout Boy episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Maybe, you know what? Maybe this is a learning opportunity for us. Maybe we need to listen to a Panic at the Disco album and then judge it fairly. But until then, fuck Panic at the Disco. Yeah! They can go clustered hug off somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, lyrically, Cluster Hug is another kind of love song. Yeah. Where I, it seems like Dallin's saying he could fall in love with a person, but is also kind of suggesting that they stay away and steer clear so that he doesn't fall in love with them kind of thing. But, you know, if they're, if they're into it, you know, he, he's ready to go with it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's like wanting a consensual love i guess which is nice it's, hel- it's, a, nice- it's a lot healthier than from the gallows where he's yeah. saying like i will i will kill myself to make I, you happy i will literally kill myself if it only means that you will hold my hand i don't yeah. know <laughs> i don't know i was gonna do like the whole lot I'll, I'll crawl through glass just to like lick your used <laughs> sock or whatever yeah, the, the thing the, is the whatever tr- that is simp Simping yeah, is simping. the trendy word for that. I also, this song, fucking lyrics, he talks about quarantine. This album was released in 2020. Apparently, <laughs> this was an older written song. Yeah. So, but it's like so like weird that it, that it happened. Yeah. yeah, I think they released a music video. I don't remember what song, but they actually released a music video last year during quarantine. And it was very like, I think it was for Mad IQs, maybe. But because uh, I remember there being a lot of flashing lights and like kind of some mad scientist vibe to it. But uh, there were it was him and his bandmate. I can't fucking I should know his bandmate's name, his drummer's name. I don't. But they were in these like big, like six foot cubes with like, <laughs> uh, plastic wrap around them and, and wearing like hazmat suits or whatever while they're playing their instruments. And like, very, very cool. And a, a good way to adapt to the, the shit of 2020 being COVID. Oh, so kind of clever. You know what? After uh, 2020, you know I'm gonna need some sugar pills to uh, 
to keep you going. <laughs> to, so that way I can get some sugar, I guess. So, I don't so that way we can talk about track number seven. <laughs> yeah, that's really the reason I'm saying that. <laughs> track number seven, Sugar Pills. This is the song. I really love this song. Yeah, it's Getty Lee song, though. This is, this is the Getty Lee song. The bass tone on the song is prominent and it's dirty. I love it. The, the Getty Lee comparison is never more prominent than than in this track he really nails the the vocals on it. the melody of the vocals is so catchy and it's cool it's got a weird like guitar solo section but it's using like weird like samples of guitar solos and yeah. some other like synthy sounds and stuff that are all aired in and it's a very interesting sound and i really like it i also like it i mean as i mentioned i'm quite the rush <laughs> fan yeah and uh you know it yeah like they do a good job. I mean, not like the whole song sounds like a Rush song, but his voice—it's just very nice. It's yeah. immediately familiar, I guess. Is it's comforting yeah. in a way. But <laughs> sure. It's it sounds. I mean, this song sounds more, I guess, like a rock song. It's got like distorted guitars and the drums yeah. kind of make it feel like a rock song, but it's still got their their synthy sound. I mean, it's still Definitely. it's not like going off on a complete tangent, but uh lyrically i don't like i don't know it's i couldn't decide if i think the song is about he's doing something that he thinks is helping him but it's not like it's a placebo i mean sugar pills or if it's about having an addiction to something to the point where he's created his own problem which is the addiction and whatever he's addicted to doesn't do anything anymore so it's akin to a sugar pill yeah that that was my initial interpretation uh, even before writing my notes for the song I had kind of like thought about the lyrics on this one a little bit, not not a whole lot because that's not not my mo. But <laughs> I, I definitely like okay, he's singing about sugar pills. It's obviously a stand-in for some other substance that he's abusing or whatever. But I think it's it's kind of more that like it's more vague in general, and that I, I feel like he's looking for distractions from an issue mm-hmm. where he he talks about having a sick fascination, and I think that's with him avoiding anything real or or a real issue, and he's he's wanting to deny that, so he's. He's looking for substance in something that he knows has none to distract him. So maybe this is like fame and fortune potentially. This is I kind of start reaching a little bit, but maybe he's like talking about how he expected his success to have made him feel less empty. And now that he's at that point, he's realizing that it's not helping him, but he doesn't want to admit that. He wants to just keep on like, okay, maybe if I get to the next one, maybe if I release another album, maybe if I write another song. And he's he doesn't want to accept that because maybe that would mean that he wasted his time. Yeah. doing that and becoming successful and he doesn't want to like he doesn't want to face that reality i feel like that's a better take that's probably more i was so unsure i feel like that's probably the right the right one that seems like something you would write a song about yeah i mean especially in the context of this album where he talks a lot about the music industry maybe it's kind of changing the camera perspective and pointing back on himself and saying okay well why is it an issue for him specifically kind of a thing yeah. Like and, and maybe that in itself is kind of an interesting twist because the song is talking about how he doesn't want to focus on that issue, but the song itself, amidst the context of the rest of the album, is looking more at him to fi- like to figure out what that issue is within himself instead of blaming the industry. Which kind of maybe that's too deep. Hashtag too deep for me. <laughs> but maybe, maybe I mean I'm stretching. It's, I don't it's, know. It feels right to me, so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to stick by my guns. It feels right hearing it so you know i'm just gonna kiss that one good night and <laughs> lay, it, lay it down a bit nice track number eight kiss good night boom it's a very <laughs> it's a very slow love ballad it's not super like musically engaging i suppose yeah. to me so I, I didn't have a lot of notes other than it's just kind of like a, a chill it's, it's a ballad yeah i mean it's a nice song like yeah. it's it's a very sweet song to his wife i'm sure and he's just talking about loving her. And <laughs> yeah. If that's something that humans do, right? <laughs> they love yes, people. Humans love people. That is <laughs> that is the thing. This also, was another si- one. side note. I, I just want just want to say his wife's name is Breezy. That's yeah. literally her name is Breezy. What? So that's that's her cool. actual name? I think okay. so. Cool. You know? So. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> yes. I'm, sure I'm going to get sued I'm sure now. she's never heard that before. <laughs> God damn it. This one is also another one where his singing, his singing style reminded me of Passion Pit, yeah. which, I mean, I, I like Passion Pit, so. And I like ah. the song more than Cluster Hug, so we're going in the right direction. Yeah, cool. There we go. You know, 
you know, when the lights go down, we're just going to end up listening to Passion Pit in the darkness because the lights have gone down. <laughs> <laughs> because track number 10 is lights go down. And track number really wanted to get on, get on. Six, I'm looking at it upside down. Fucking track number nine. Sorry, my notes on my, my one note were turned upside down. So I don't, I don't fucking know. What's happening? Holy lights, shit. Lights go down. I, I really like the vocal melody in the verses of the song. It's got some simple drums and bass with some synth for texture pretty much what you would expect at this point of the album and then comes in with a banging sax solo for the bridge hell yeah which is just it's fucking cool who doesn't love a sax solo uh crazy people that's who exactly because that's the reason why i wanted to get here because that fucking sax solo you know it's just i don't know personnel do you know who who did the sax solo i have no idea i was it a real sax is even a question that we can ask i feel like it would be but yeah this one it it brings the energy back up. Um, I don't know. It's got like what sounds like a vi- a xylophone or something kind yeah. of booping around. I mean, I know it, I don't think it is actually a xylophone, but it has that same type of sound sure. kind of booping around over the synths. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's got it, it, their signature. It is a real saxophone, by the way. It's oh, Matt, okay. Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish, actually. What the fuck? So there you go. Oh, real big fish! Adding them to the list. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what recommendation number six for tonight. Yeah, because uh, I don't know how you've listened to uh, how much of real big fish you've listened to, but I will say at one point I had their entire discography <laughs> on my iPod. So what a cool guy you were! I was just the coolest guy, blaring <laughs> "Let's start a band" out of my fucking '93 Honda Civic <laughs> on the way to high school. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's the joy i know and love <laughs> oh god yeah lyrically let's go down it's kind of a darker tone in that it, it seemed like it kind of has this facade of people enjoying themselves in an evening at like a concert or or a ball and then the performer potentially getting axed afterwards because he's not good enough or something i, I think it's kind of like maybe i was i was leaning too much into the whole music industry and, and what i had said uh, about track number seven sugar pills but like it, it it seemed like it was the about the woes of a performer or being a performer in the music industry where you have such like power and fame and people like see that and they're like oh it's glamorous but then every time you say something you have the potential to like offend somebody whether that's like a business partner or the audience and just get shut out completely from from the industry and never never see the light of day again kind of a thing yeah this one it definitely sounded like i don't at first it kind of got sounded like it got presented in the way of like i don't know some girl at like a club to me at least who like knew that it was like you're gonna line up for me like yeah i I know i have my pick but then it's like in the context of the album it's definitely I mean, I guess I can't say definitely. Like, 99.5% sure it's, like, the record labels who just take advantage of, like, younger artists who are uh, just wanting to get into the business. And they're, like, this This is something that I've kind of been listening to lately. Like, I, in, I, I, I sent a JoJo song to our, our friend group the other day. Did you? I guess, like, a week ago. It was, yeah. Yeah, you uh, didn't listen to it. You said you didn't. You were like, remember. I immediately don't like this, is what you said to oh, that song. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, but she's recording all of, like, re-recording all of her older music because uh, she doesn't have the rights to it and she kind of got fucked by a label. Same thing with, like, Taylor Swift. And it seems like a lot of people in that in that kind of area are doing the thing that thing because, uh, I don't know, they got fucked over with their original record label deal. Yeah. And that's kind of what this song reminded me of, just kind of like, some big wigs and suits being like, Oh, you're young. You want to be a recording artist. Well, give me 99% of your earnings and, and uh, (laughs) you have to do all of the work and then we'll just sit back and collect the money that you earned because you don't know any better and you just want to perform. Right. Yeah. And to an extent I it's, it's understandable. Not, not that I need to defend fucking music industry executives or anything, but like, the, the the deal of it is that 
the the music industry usually handles like marketing and stuff like that yeah and they provide you with studios and and instruments and and professionals to help you mix the stuff and and all sorts of stuff it's not that the music industries are literally contributing nothing yeah but they definitely take more than they deserve from the artists in my opinion yeah i mean and that's i mean it's creativity right you can't put a price on that and yet music industry executives are all like yeah like we're gonna charge this much for an album and this much is going to the artist for their work which is all of the it's it's the soul of the music right it's the inspiration it's the creativity it's it's something that the record executives can't do and so just it feels shitty when an artist gets snubbed like that yeah especially in the day and age where like we have now where i mean it's it's hard to make it still in the age of the internet but it's you have more connectivity i guess yeah so it's, it, it's easier to get your name out there, at least. Yeah, at, on your own, like because I mean, before, like in the eighties, seventies, what would you like, nail, like staple your band's poster to a telephone pole or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> be like, hey, we're gonna play somewhere, and nobody shows up. Here, it's like, okay, here, I'm I'm putting my music literally everywhere where you can listen to it for free. Yeah, like just this podcast. Yeah, it's just <laughs> just. And still, nobody listens. And still, nobody gives a shit about us. But it's out there. Yeah, right? it's it's at and, least and out there. If we wanted to start marketing, at some point we will, presumably. But that is not today. Yeah. And we, I mean... We could do it, theoretically, without the help of some big media conglomerate. Taking 90% of our earnings yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not so, that we have any earnings, but... Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you guys want? 20 cents? Sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 20 cents a year that's our our salary for this well, what we're saying to these media executives in this hypothetical situation is <laughs> need you here no we don't we don't need you we don't need we you don't here. need you here <laughs> we do need to talk about track number 10 need you here <laughs> i really love the sound of this song it's got some heavy like pixies where's my mind vibes that my yeah. mind picks up on uh, I really like the the piano tone that's used. It's kind of like an old timey lo fi thing, but it's also juxtaposed by this very like crisp bass and the drums and the guitar and the synths and the very like big sounding chorus and stuff. So it's kind of kind of fun. I really like the the, the sound of it all. Yeah, it's it slows back down here, but I do like the sound of it. It's uh, I don't at the beginning it's got like a higher pitched robot voice, I guess, behind his, which yeah. I think is a pretty cool effect. And, uh, you know, this is another one where I was like, you know what, depending on what Jeremy really thinks about this, we're going to have to listen to Passion Pit because, you know, you're, you're but, all over Passion Pit on this album. It is. It's just because they're like my other point of reference for sure. kind of synthy rock pop music. But I do like I didn't realize I think is the female vocalist his daughter. Yeah, is that <laughs> that's yeah. So I. She's he cool. actually he he puts her in uh, some of his music videos too, which is kind of kind of cute. Where she's not like in the songs, but there's one music video I don't remember which one that he released sometime last year. That uh, his his I think it's during it's one of the sax songs because he's pretending to play the sax or something. Uh, I don't I don't fucking remember. There's some instrument change that happens in the music video, and his daughter uh, slides on the screen on this like skateboard or whatever that someone is pulling from the side of the stage and slides on, hands on the bass, takes whatever else he was using, and then slides off. Kind of a thing. It's just it's cute. Just like the the lyrics of the song, it's it's very cute. Yeah, and this is, it's it's a nice song. You know, it it's, is. it's it's about it's about a a dad who's out there just doing his thing trying to earn a living to provide a good life for his children, but still lamenting that, Oh, the, the life that I have chosen, the passion that I've, that I've raced towards the passion it, that I've pitted, pitted <laughs> the, pa- the passion <laughs> from the pit of my soul. It, <laughs> it uh, causes me to be away more than I would like to be. Yeah. And, you know, I have the opposite problem. I'm, I never leave <laughs> my house get, anymore. You can't get rid of your damn daughter. <laughs> it's I'm I'm just at home. You know, I mean, not that I would I'd love it. It's awesome. I love working from home. Yeah, but I can only imagine like it was. It's rough, even like whenever I had a day job where I had to go to work, like to a place to work, mm-hmm. and it was like, I don't know, just being gone for like nine to ten hours a day. Oh, waking hours, I guess. So it's really right. like, but yeah, it's like, even that's kind of like, well, that's a bummer. 
Like yeah. you get home and it's like, what, you got like three good hours or something. But to be, try to be a parent who's going on tours and shit, like that's probably just got to suck, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be. Got to be. I mean, he wrote a song about it. And it's yeah. Very, very cute. I mean, like you said, it, it features his daughter and they kind of have a duet kind of thing going on, which is, it's very, it's very wholesome. Yeah. Especially like amidst this album of talking about how he's getting screwed over and, and used by the music industry where he still has something wholesome in his life. And he's still like, I mean, the song he said, the song is called need you here. And he's talking about how he, he needs to have his daughter beside him and, and she needs him beside her. And it's very, very, it's a nice breath of air amidst all of the, the shit talking on this album. I think. Yeah. And you know, whenever the shit starts talking, you better start walking towards the door. <laughs> what does, does shit talk? I don't know. Well, let's talk shit about track number 11. Door. door. <laughs> Good segues. We're killing it tonight, man. Hell yeah. This one's got some like very floaty, soft layered vocals and a ukulele and some like soft pianos. His vocals sound a little bit filtered with some lo-fi fuzz on it, but I think it's kind of capturing a similar vibe to Porter Robinson's Nurture oh on, my on the tracks where it, it feels like it's a phone recording where it's just like somebody sitting next to him recording him while he's like in the studio and, and kind, of, kind of doing his thing. It's the kind of vibe that I got from it. That's two references that we've made on the same song. The Getty Lee song, and I made a reference to the, the more home-recorded sounding uh, songs on Nurture. On this song as well. well. I, I didn't actually put anything about Porter Robinson or Nurture in my notes. But oh, well, okay. Well, that's where my brain went. I, well, I thought about it, but I didn't. I didn't specifically note it. Well, you know, it's it. It's got those nice that nice ukulele, which you know I'm always down for a ukulele just thrown in somewhere. Uh, yeah, you're ex- a fan and, of of YouTube ukulele girls. Yeah, yep, <laughs> definitely. That's like the person that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> But like play the, ukulele. Yeah, but like it, that's like too much. It's like the guy. It's like the guy that would bring a ukulele like to yeah. school or to work or to anywhere. That there's it's there's not. a specific person you're thinking of, but I think I know who. Yeah, I not, think we're not going to talk about yeah, it. No, and I'm talking more in a general sense. But sure, I sure. everybody everybody there knows. was one of those guys at our school. Yeah, and I'm sure he's a like I never talked to him. I'm sure he's a super cool dude. But you know, oh, there are actually two. I yeah, think. there were there were two actually, so, but whatever. No, you know I'm not here to throw shade because I if am. you want to play ukulele and pro- I used to bring my guitar to unnamed pizza place all the time <laughs> and, and just kind of play it. Yeah. So you know I I was that guy. And why aren't you that guy anymore? You can still I, go go to unnamed pizza place <laughs> and show up with your guitar and play a yeah. song for the workers. I guess we still know the manager, so I probably That's could true. just show up and we get away yeah. with it. I mean, he'd probably just actually tell me to fuck off. But... <laughs> <laughs> he'd show you the door. He, told, he would show me the door. And, uh, you know, this song is about asking to be shown the door. Should you uh, not be up to par in a relationship? Should you step out of line? He's like, just just show me the door because I know you deserve to be treated right. And if I'm not treating you right, get me out of here. Don't be afraid to tell me to leave. Yeah, it's kind of the the inverse of uh, from the gallows, where in, instead of like instead of him saying like "Look, I'll die for you," he's saying like "If it's not working, you deserve better." It, it's I guess it's not opposite, but they're very they're they're related opposites, I suppose. And that like yeah. it's the opposite end of the dramatic expression, like saying "If I fuck up, tell me to get the fuck out, and I will," because yeah. I want you to be happy. And if I don't bring you happiness, then so fucking be it. Which, I mean, at its core is a good sentiment. It's yeah, being like sure. It's wholesome. But also don't... maybe just try to work on things instead yeah. of just saying, sorry, I'm not going to change. And that's what that's, it is. That's very like cut and dry to be like, well, right. you know, if, if one thing fucks up, it's just, I'm gone. It's over. Tell, tell me to leave, please. And I will immediately leave. I'll just bash my head and I'll hang myself from the gallows. Maybe, maybe it is the same sentiment and it's just worded more subtly. Yeah, without all the razzmatazz of fucking the razzmatazz. dropping in the broken necks from the gallows. Yeah, that's the name of the album, Joey. Razzmatazz. Yep, and it's also the name of track number 12 slash 13, Razzmatazz. Boom. We are 12 slash 14, technically, because mm. mm-hmm. 13 is tomorrow, people, technically, on the physical edition. But right. track number 12 for the digital 
edition is the one we're talking about. <laughs> it's a title track. It's got a very strong and ominous sounding piano line that's that's reinforced by the bass. I really like the the chorus vocal melody and the delivery and the layered vocals. At a couple times on this album, he has a lot of like layered vocals that are reminiscent of like a Queen style yeah. arrangement kind of thing, which is cool. Really cool. And this one really has that as well. And then there's another fucking sax solo that comes in hot, and it's hell yeah. It's a, it's a great way to end the album, I think. It really is. I mean, with it being the longest song on the album, ending on a sax solo, like I I, I don't really know what else you could ask for out of this album. Like, it's it was a good good musical album for me. I like right. his voice a lot. I like the general vibe of the album, and uh, I don't really have too many notes on the song other than just things that i liked about it which is which is all of the things yeah it's more just like <laughs> i mean like the difference between the verses and the chorus is at least like the first verse and the chorus it's it's pretty big it kind of like the size of the sound changes but yeah. it's it's still like the sound that you can kind of expect from them but uh definitely you know it's it's just nice it's it's pleasant it's par for the course and uh i like it i even like the message on this song, even though I can't necessarily pin it down to one specific thing, yeah. it sounds like it's a rebellion song against said bigwigs being talked about previously. Yeah, like I don't know if it's supposed to be a class thing or like a musician against the music industry thing, like entertainer against the entertainment industry thing. I it's, like it's us against the man. It, yeah, like whatever the man is. I saw some stuff out there about like the LGBTQ com- community out there like up against government and people who are just generally shitty yeah (laughs) but people in power yeah and you know that's a message i can get behind too so you know what anybody who's the little guy rallying against the big guy i'm on your side unless you're a shitty person but (laughs) if you're not a punk of you if you're not a shitty person fuck the big man (laughs) indeed i i second that (laughs) Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got too. I, obviously with the filter of it being more about the music industry because the rest of the album had been where it, it just seems like, you know, to the untrained eye, you know, the stars and celebrities have everything, but in reality they're getting screwed by the pressure of success and the pressure of quote unquote the man in, in the suits, you know, yeah. trying, to, trying to crush their souls and take all their money. And their freedom might not necessarily be so free as uh, they, there might be a lot of strings puppeting them. Yeah, from I mean, freedom the is just people. another word for nothing left to lose. <laughs> oh, God. Who are you, Janis Joplin? <laughs> fucking, what's that, wreck number seven, Janis Joplin? <laughs> yeah, fucking Pearl, I think is the name of that album. Yeah. Wasn't it Janis Joplin? 10 out of 10. I like Janis Joplin. <laughs> Hell yeah. And you know what? We're 12 out of 12 tracks down. We're done. We did it. Done. We did we've, it. We've talked about this album. I think it's pretty clear how you feel about the album. Yeah, it's, I it's obviously nice. obviously like it. It was on my, my 2020 Rex as a, you know, an honorable mention, so it wasn't top five. But yeah. but it was good. good enough to make... make yeah. It was good enough to be on the radar. Yeah. And I would recommend listening to this album and checking out the music videos, maybe, because they're kind of cool. Yeah. And, and Dallin then, Weeks, I would recommend making another album. Yeah, that's so. what I was going to say. I, I'm eagerly awaiting another album. I just want to consume more, even though it's only been a year since you released this. Consume. Consume. That's what we do. <laughs> what are we doing next week, Joey? Next week, we're are we actually... Listening to, are we listening to Passion Pit? <laughs> no, we're not listening to Passion Pit next God week. damn it, Joey. But, you know what? It's, it's funny that this was an honorable mention on your 2020, because... Why? You know, the album that we're listening to next week, it was an honorable mention on my 2020. Oh, was it? The album is called The Demonstration. The band is called Drab Majesty. And, Drab Majesty. You know, it's it's, it's pretty good. Well, it's, I, I it like sounds it. good. It flows off the tongue well, I think. Yeah. Drab Majesty. I like it. And, you know, I, I don't think you, like, I don't think you've heard anything by them. But, I don't think you I know, either. I discovered them. Through uh, Amoeba Records, <clears throat> oh my God, Amoeba Records. They do this show on YouTube called uh, "What's in Your Bag," where they yeah. follow like musicians around. So Def Heaven did one okay. of those, and I got the recommendation to listen to this band from one of the guys from Def Heaven. So oh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe that has a connection for you. I know you liked the Def Heaven. I did. Album, so. I really like that album that we did. I haven't listened to any of their other albums, but I should. Well, you should. 
And I should also listen to Drive Majesty, I guess, this week. Yeah, otherwise we're going to show up next next Tuesday and you're going to be like, uh, sorry, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you guys, let us know what you think of Razzmatazz. I think it's pretty cool, Joe. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Leave us comments, tweets, you know, whatever. Listen to Drab Majesty with us. Uh, the Demonstration is the album. I don't have it written anywhere, so I was kind of stalling to try and think of what it is. But <laughs> listen to that album with us. Um, we're going to be listening to it and talking about it uh, again next week, as, as we are wont to do on this show uh anything else you got you want to add any other last minute recommendations joey um you know recommendations i've been listening to a lot of neutral milk hotel lately so just do <laughs> that i guess but yeah and and also i would recommend you stay in our feedback group. bye